the broken and to the hurting, to the desperate and to the defeated, to the common, the average, the plain and the small, I want you to know you matter to God. To the washed up and the worn out, to the helpless and the hopeless, to the cast outs, the dropouts, the last picks and hypocrites, to the unimpressive and the underwhelming, to the nobodies and has-beens, to people just like me, you matter to God. You are not defined by your worst days or your biggest mistakes. And you are not the sum total of all your setbacks, slip-ups, failures, and faults. Because who you are is not determined by what you have, where you've been, or what you've done, but who Jesus declares you to be. You matter to God. Maybe at some point somebody told you something that simply wasn't true. That you're nothing but unworthy, unwanted, and unloved. But I want the loudest voice in your ear to be the voice that breaks the cedars and shakes the wilderness. And he says, you matter to me. Before the galaxies were born, or the first star gave light, before the ocean waves crashed, or the night sky cracked with thunder, before any creature crawled or any bird sang, before the planets were set in motion, he set in motion the plan of your salvation. From the highest heights of heaven, the Lord of all creation, looked upon your desperation, he became like one of us to remake all of us, to make an orphan his child, to make a rebel his friend, to set the prisoner free. You matter to God. So to all the sons and daughters of God, to all my brothers and sisters in Christ, behold his power and glory and majesty. Behold the one who matters most. You might be sitting there saying, hey, didn't we see that last week? You absolutely did. I thought it was important enough for you to be seeing it again this week. In fact, the message that I bring to you this morning is one that I really struggled with God about. I won't make any bones about that because I shared it on a Wednesday night earlier this year. And I thought, yeah, God, you know, he said, no, this, this is the one I want you to conclude with when it comes to the message on concept. And how many know you don't fight God? I started looking other directions, trying to, I knew what direction I wanted to go, but, you know, it doesn't come together that way. And so this morning, I want to bring you the sixth and final chapter in this series of concept. The one rule of thumb that we've talked about in every session, in every series, is that God accepts you totally and absolutely. You need to hear that because the problem is when it comes to concept, we don't always see God as accepting us the way we are because of things we've done and said. And as a result, we many times find ourselves pulling away. God accepts us totally, absolutely. Yes, he does. Can somebody say amen to that? I don't care where they're at. I don't care who they are. I don't care what they've done. God accepts us because of who he is. And when I say that this morning, I'm also going to say it here. Uh, say this. You're here specifically. 
One of the, the crazy things to do on a weekend holiday like this is look around and see how many people are not here. I got news for you. It's not about the people who are not here. It's about you, forgive the English, you who is here. God has a word for you, a word for this place and for this house. And I don't believe anybody in this place here this morning is here to escape it. God has purposed this meeting with us together. You in this place this morning have God's attention. More than that, you have his heart. Do you realize the Bible calls you the apple of his eye? Anybody ever get something in your eye? Right? And, and your eyeball just, just your eyeball goes, oh man, that really hurts. Could you please try and get that out? Your whole body cringes. And you're, you're twisting and turning and, ah, I can't get it out. You know what I mean? In other words, when a speck gets in the eye, the entire body is affected. You are the apple of his eye. Just think about it. But here, here's what I want to get to this morning, and I, I want to share some time on this. Because in all reality, for a lot of people, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ideas, here's a concept. God has, quote, let you down. God has <laughs> not become who you thought he was. And the concept that you've had of him now sits broken. So, you know, you can say you trust him, but the reality is, so far, you can trust him. So, as a result, you've had this concept, and he hasn't met it, and what you were looking at and most desperate for has been broken. And as a result of that, you're sitting back saying, I, I, I believe in God, but it just... The reality of what they preach or theology or scripture, whatever, it doesn't work. So we look at the outcomes, the, the results that have left us, has, has left us bitter and angry. And we remain in a shut down, numbed up concept of God. Where do you go from here? Anybody, anybody ever feel like God's let you down? My hands, please. <laughs> There's three in the back going, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, that's not happening. I, I want to visit something here this morning. And so I hope you have your notes with you because you're going to want to keep them. Listen to what Naomi says to her, her daughter-in-laws. Start there. In the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verse 13. Would you wait for them until they, they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes. Now watch this. That the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Think about that phrase for a moment. I mean, just, just, just think about it. The hand of the Lord is against me. Do you realize the mindset she must have to have reached that point in her life? Of course, you, you realize what she's walked through and what she's gone through. 
But in the midst, in the mindset at this point, in her concept of God, she's reached this understanding for herself. Now, let me set this up because, first of all, to the Hebrews, when they named their children, uh, their name was a sentence, okay? Was it just a word? Was it just a name? Their name was a sentence. And that gave them this, this destiny. It gave them uh, identity. It was a prayer, okay? It was a prophecy over them. And whenever you said their name, what you were doing was you were describing who they were and who they would be. You'd be praying the name. You'd be proclaiming the name. Every time you said their name, that's what you would be doing. The name Naomi means pleasant. It means kind, gracious, radiating light. The name also tells me something about her parents. They named her Naomi that she should be the bringer of brightness, pleasantness, kindness, graciousness. Again, that she should be the bringer of radiant light. It was a prophecy over her. And then you have her husband, Elimelech. His name meant one who rules as king. And you had the same application here, same thing. They live in a land of Bethlehem. That is their land, Bethlehem. And it, 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 it means bread, it means fullness, but I'll get into that another time. They'll have two boys. One will be Malon and Chilion. And get this in the light of what names meant. They named their boys weak and sickly. You know what that shows me? Honestly, it shows me that they named their circumstances instead of their hope in God. They named their circumstances, you bitter thing, you, you angry person, you, you who where something is said, a name is mentioned. They named their circumstances instead of their hope in God. They, they never got a real name. Think about this. Think about this. Mom and dad are saying our inheritance, two sick kids. They will go into the land of Moab because of a famine, leaving a land that, again, remember, God had given them. You have this land of promise, uh, 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 the land of, of their God, to a land whose God was Chemosh. And Chemosh was worshipped by human sacrifice. In other words, they sacrificed their kids, their children, to the God of Chemosh. There, there's food there. Hey, you know, let's go there. But what they do is they leave the gift of God to go to the land of the demonic God and raise their kids there. 
who do the boys marry? They marry Moabites. Now, just, just think what all that would mean, okay? And, and as a result of that, you have now the, the names and the prophecy comes and these men die. Again, what I want you to understand is this is a now thing. Get, get inside Naomi's head and, and, and the emotions that are coming with this because there's a lot of emotions that come with something like this. I want to remind you, this is the now, right where she's at. This is where she's living. This is what's right in front of us. This isn't about the future, though we've read the rest of the book. It's, it's not about the past. and what they No, it's about the right here, the right now, the emotions, the mindset, all that's going on. This is the now. So get inside her head, get inside her heart, get inside the emotions there. And let, me, let me say something here. You know, we name our children and ourselves, right? No biggie. <laughs> no, no. You know, I, I named my sister's dog one time Rufus. I don't know where that came from, but sounded good at the time. But, but it, we just give them a name, and it's pretty much all it is is a handle. Something better than saying, you know, hey, hey, you. Although that's been my name in some cases. What we don't see is that many of us are named with sentences. You'll never amount to anything. I wish you'd never been born. You're a loser. You're somebody that just doesn't measure up to my expectations of what a human being should be. Of what a husband should be. About what a wife should be. About what a kid should be. Those are sentences. Hello? Those are, 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 are those, there are those names that are there that continue to keep coming against us and pounding us and reminding us. And every time we smell something, see something, hear something, it continues to hit us. We're reminded we're a loser. We're no good. You're worthless. You'll never amount to anything. You're lazy. You're this. You know what I find amazing? How incredibly quiet it is in this room today. But let me just say these things here to us. Naomi, well, she basically sums it up here in, 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 in verse 13, that first verse in your notes, when she says, the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. over your life, find yourself in a financial scenario, lose a loved one, everything falling apart, and how many know that one thing at a time never falls apart, it all falls apart at one time. We know the emotions that come up along with that, we know exactly what begins to burn from within us. Bitterness and the anger that comes out. The Lord, the Lord has gone out against me. And we justify that. 
is the concepts that we build in our heads and the superstitions and formulas that we've worked out in our lives. And because we've spoken what we expect God to be, where all we've really done is create God in our own image. The Lord that is known to Naomi, the Lord is known to her as El Shaddai. And the name El, of course, no, before you change it, don't change it yet. Good, thank you. Because I saw the eyes go down there. I want to give a little prep. El, of course, means what? God. And, 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 the, and, and the word Shad means nurser which is that of a mother nursing her child. And that is simply saying the God who holds you like a baby and nurses you and protects you. That is El Shaddai. El Shaddai. It means, again, Shad, the one who holds you like a baby, nurses you and protects you. She said, El Shaddai is the cause of all my problems. What is she saying? I mean, what is she actually seeing? Right? The defeat? She's seeing the, the problems, the loss? She's walking through all of this, this, this concept of, of who El Shaddai is. He's supposed to be, you know, holding me like a baby and nursing me and, and protecting me and, 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 and all the concepts I have of how he would do that and work this out and make everything beautiful and wonderful and we'd be just, ah, isn't it working? She is saying, he made me better. And she's saying, it's a whole lot worse for me to the girls than it is for you. She looks at her daughters and her daughter-in-laws, and she says, it's a whole lot worse for me than it is for you. I'm a victim of God. How many know you can't trust God like that? You're not, you won't, you can't trust God. With all this stuff, concept that we walk with. In fact, a lot of people say, in my book, the same thing today. I've lost everything. I've, I've lost everything. God did it to me. Took it away. I tried to figure out why. But I know. What is bitterness, right? Now, again, hold on to this definition here there, if you would, before you switch it. That victim mentality, you know what a victim mentality does? It does a lot of blaming. That's what it does. I'm a victim here. And the reason I'm a victim here is because of what you have done to me, Right? So, so in other words, if, if you had a boss like I had a boss, 
you'd be going through what I'm going to. That's why I've got all these problems. That's why this is, if, if you had a husband like I have a husband, then you know, if you had parents like I have parents, whoa, they don't understand a thing. You, if you had a pastor like we had a pastor, you. And I can hear her, because understand something. The whole result of a victim is that we define our lives by it. We live our lives defined by what has happened to us. That's where bitterness comes in. We will make the choices, we'll make the decisions based on what happened. You know, you hear Naomi saying, why did I ever trust him? Why did I ever trust him? Because it means to be afflicted, anguish. And, and what that does is it becomes black mold. How many are familiar with what black mold does? It spreads. Hear me, this doesn't happen overnight. Starts out with a little spot. And, and, and understand one other thing too. It's a poverty mindset. Oh yes it is. Emotionally, physically, spiritually, it is a poverty mindset. I can, I can't, I, I, I can never have, I can't have. I, I can't have it, and I can't have it because, you know, of them or, or this or the way my parents are, they're all, you know, we come up with justification as to why. And, 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 you know, you have it, but I don't have it, and, you know, and because, you know, I've, I've worked hard and I've done this and, and I, I don't have it, but you have it, and so I walk around in despair. And notice uh, what I'm saying here is when it's black mold, it spreads out of you. You can't keep it to yourself. It, it's always coming out. And what you become is offensive about everything. Here's the definition for bitter. Bitter is defined. Bitter, here's the definition for it. Bitter is defined as a razor-sharp instrument, an arrow piercing like bitter coal good example bitter cold cold that makes you it pierces makes your bones ache you know, know what I'm talking about my wife would have two hands up <sighs> Naomi has gotten here in Moab okay despair depression darkness and she's been there for 10 years now all of a sudden there comes news that things are better in Bethlehem. Listen to what Ruth will tell Naomi, okay? In verse 16, Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following you after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also. 
if anything but death parts you and me. Wow. You want to talk about some strong words. That needs to be said in wedding ceremonies as a vow to each other. Hello. Do, do you realize what she's saying? She is saying that she's going to reject her God, Chemosh. She will come back with Naomi. Gone 10 years. Now, fast forward, they're on Main Street in Bethlehem. Look at it, verse 19. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? Is this Naomi? What, what wasn't sure? Because she has bitterness that's kind of etched in her face at this point. Naomi will say this, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi? Since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me. Wow. Wow. Do you hear those words? Don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, which means, by the way, bitter. That's who I am. I'm bitter. And the truth is, she doesn't know who she is. She blames God. He doesn't care. He just doesn't care. He, he, he doesn't care. Hmm. Listen closely to me here. If you don't hear anything else, at least hear this. If you define God like that, you're defining yourself by your circumstances. If you define God like this, you are defining yourself by your circumstances. Now, I'm, I'm finding it interesting as I read through the book of Ruth, and I've read through it a number of times, it's, what's interesting to me is that the Holy Spirit records this. And that's the last time. It's the last time that Mara is mentioned. After that, it's always Naomi. Always Naomi. Why? I'm going to tell you why, and I want you to hear it. I uh, hope you write it down. God's saying, I don't call you by lies. I don't depart from who I am, and you are Naomi. I, 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 don't think, I, I don't call you by lies, by what the enemy calls you, what the enemy labels you. I don't call you by what this world labels you, by what sickness or disease labels you. I don't call you by the lies that are there. I don't depart from who I am, and you are. Well, try your own name in there. That's why I left it blank. You are. And I wrote in mine. Good looking. <laughs> Listen. What I have found is that most believers look at faith as it's 
as, as if it's supposed to make something happen. If you have faith, boy, it's going to cause God to do something. Really? How's that working for you? Then you just get beat up with the idea you don't have enough faith. Loser. Hmm. Let me give you another definition here, okay? Faith is preceded by a revelation the Holy Spirit gives you. Faith is preceded by a revelation the Holy Spirit gives you. That, that's called from being in his presence, hearing him. He, he gives us revelation. Paul prays that prayer. If you remember that the eyes of your understanding be opened. And he also goes on to say that you'll be filled with a revelation of knowledge of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, I, I, I say this because what's interesting is there is a word that we use called metaneo. Metaneo. We translate the word as repent, repentance. Ugh, it's amazing what we've made that word into. I mean, some people need to do a little bit of a background history lesson on this word. Uh, re, okay, and repent. Re, what's the word pent? It is penance. You might be familiar with it if you're, if you're from a Catholic background, penance. And, 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 and in other words, we work to perform or to, we work to earn, 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 earn. So we do this so that we can receive that. We do this so that we can get that. It, it's works to perform in order to earn. Can I tell you what the truest meaning of the word repentance or metaneo is? It is light. It is the word light. L-I-G-H-T. Now let me give you a definition here. It, its true meaning is light. And I, I see as a result what I've never seen before. My eyes are opened and I see what, I al what already is. And when I do, faith says thank you. My eyes are open. You. How many of you opened up the drawer the other day looking for something in the utensil drawer and couldn't find it because it was sitting right in front of you? Hello. I hate that. I'm there banging stuff, and Kathy finally comes over and says, oh, my goodness, what are you looking for? Picks it up, hands it to me, and I say, oh, thank you very much. No, I don't either. <laughs> Listen, faith is seeing what I've got. Faith is seeing what I've got. When I'm saying I can't, lies and more lies and more lies. When you see what you've got, you see that you are in Christ. And in Christ, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Naomi moves back. And she still has the land that she had before they left. 
It was their inheritance, if you remember correctly. And, and remember, and, 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 you're not going to get away from God's love. Right now, with Naomi, blindness is their only reality. And also remember, turn to your neighbor and say this with me, okay? We make choices that matter. Ouch. No other creature can do that. I'd like, I'd like to say that my dog makes choices that he has to regret, but he's just a dog. He does what a dog does. Do you realize how God really joins us in our choices? He's with us in those choices. In fact, when we are led by him, do you realize that he can change your choices and destiny without taking away your free will? You chew on that one. Just that, That's a freebie. Just chew on it. The, the, in, in the first verse of Isaiah chapter 43, it says there in your notes, I have called you, how? By name. Sentence, the prophecy, the prayer. I have called you by name. Now look at the next part. You are mine. He calls us by the name. Pleasant, beautiful. You know, during this period of, 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 of series, or this series, we spent several Sundays on prodigal son. And, I mean, uh, you know, I almost feel like saying what you're doing with them. Have you re-listened to them? The words that are there, this my son, this my son. This, my son. Then there's this character in Ruth called Boaz. I love that name. Boaz. Should be a football player. He's referred to as their descendant. In Hebrew, it's called Goel. Goel. I love God's timing and, and what all... This is saying to us at this point. Now, I'm, I like timelines. And, and if you take a look at this, when did Naomi and Ruth arrive back in Bethlehem? They arrived somewhere in, in March or April. Or you could say, if you understand this correctly, Passover or Resurrection Sunday. How do I know that? Because it started at barley harvest time, and we find that it ended 50 days later. You have barley harvest, you meet with Boaz, and it's Passover, end of barley harvest, and there's a big feast. Okay, remember, Ruth will come to Boaz and say, cover me. Just, I, I still get excited about the coming on Passover, right? They come in during resurrection time, and, and then 50 days later is where we're going to now, Pentecost, right? Oh, mm. Ruth will come to Boaz again. What she'll say is, cover me, 
You are our goel. I like putting it this way along with, with the timeline because when on Pentecost, Ruth comes to Boaz and said, you be our goel. You be, on Pentecost, she, mm-hmm. now, um, for instance, in, 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 in time, he, he becomes Naomi and, and, and Ruth. And that's what's happening here. He entered, what he does is he enters into their poverty and everything that happened, everything they were walking through, going through, everything that they've come through, everything that they've dealt with, everything that they've walked through as far as, 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 far as where they have been around the most. And he says, I am your Goel. I am your Goel. getting this picture because what happens is his wealth swallowed up their poverty his wealth swallows up their poverty you, you know the story then he marries Ruth what does that mean <coughs> excuse me hides the fact that she is now going to be the mother of the line in which Messiah will come. I love the way God puts things together. But, 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 but understand, that he, she is no longer, he marries her. That makes her no longer a Moabite. She is no longer Mrs. Weak. She is now Mrs. Boaz. Everything else has been swallowed up. Oh, I hope you get that part. Everything else swallowed up. Nothing left. <laughs> Jesus is our Redeemer. He's our Goel. He had to become us, become our darkness. He became our poverty, our hurt, our sickness. He became our lostness, our emptiness, our depression, our bitterness, our anger. He became all of it. And what does he do? He swallowed it up. Hello, somebody. He became us, became our darkness. But at the same time, he swallows that darkness. So that where he lives... And where I live, he lives. And I've often said, the concept of God reveals my concept of God. How many lies are in our concepts? Instead of Holy Spirit revelation, so that the life that we walk is a life by faith, not by sight. And to come back to this and, and, and realize, I mean, to realize, I mean, those lies just continue to tell us of who he is not. 
It's not who he truly is. And we get bitter and angry about all these things that God's not doing. Why doesn't God interfere in this and take care of that and blah, blah, blah. And, and we fail to see or mm, who God really is. And to have our eyes of understanding open for him to teach us and to show us. Don't mean that the situations don't hurt. Don't mean that we don't end up with emotional situations as we walk through these things. It impacts us. But our trust is not in the circumstances. It's in the hope of who he is. And, 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 and to realize that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. How comes? Because you're with me. Let alone your rod and your staff. They, they comfort me. But I don't fear the evil because of what you got, God. I fear no evil because you're there. You are with me. You're in me. You're around me. And you will never leave me. Nor forsake me. So I pray, God, open the eyes of my understanding. Open the eyes of my heart where you live is where I live, and where I live is where you live, and your wealth has swallowed up. Thank you, Lord, for your word this morning, for speaking into our hearts and lives to realize all that we have, to focus on sights. Holy Spirit, in this place this morning, there is a healing for brokenhearted. There is a healing for bitterness and anguish. There is a healing for the victim here this morning who blames, who defies. And there is a God, a Goel, who has swallowed up my poverty my bitterness, my anger, and replaced it with his love shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given us in this place, Lord. Let us recognize our choices to hold on or to let go, to be healed, or to continue to live in pain. To know life or be consumed by death. Let this be an altar this morning that changes the destiny of our lives. In Jesus' name.
a song that we've sang many a time, but I think it's so appropriate this morning. Lift up the volume if you would. I want to just to fill this house this morning. More, just
yourself in a position of lie and you receive them and accept them so that you stand in that poverty and blame everybody by the victim of your own crime. I'm not denying the things that have happened to you and they have. I'm not denying they haven't hurt you. Because after all, the enemy is out to destroy you too. And what better to destroy you is than with lies so that you believe and embrace them and take your own self down. sin sets free. He who heals free indeed. And you know what? I know that God has put in this house this morning specifically who he wanted in this house this morning. What am I saying? You're not here by chance. You're not here by circumstance. You're not here because of somebody else. You are here because of a divine plan and a word that God wanted you to hear. And as a result of that, now lays in your hands the choice what you're going to do with it. What are you going to walk out of here with? Maybe you're here in this place this morning and you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior. You don't know Him as. don't know that love but he knows you and if you're in this place this morning you know that he's been pulling on your heartstrings he has been pulling on you with everything he's got to say to you I'm here for you I'm here for you it's time your heart here in this place this morning. All you have to do is say yes to him. Yes to what he's done for you. Yes to 
is forgiveness. Go for the next. You don't merit it. You simply receive it. You don't fight to try to keep it. You don't try to make sure that you do everything right so you don't lose it. Relationship with him is not based on behavior modification. It's based on his grace. Now, if you go thumb on your nose at the grace of God, then we can, we're going to talk about that's another subject. But I know that the lie of the enemy wants to tell you, you know what? You're going to be in bondage now. You're not going to get. You know what? It's time that we put those lies to the curb and the author of the lie give it. We're living in a day and age when the truth of the matter is we want to take a look at so many different things and call so many things, but we need to be seeing God in the midst of all of it. Not concepts of what God's going to do in the middle of all of it. We need to see God in the middle of all of it. Because when you begin to, I'm going to preach another minute, but when you begin to praise Him in the midst of all of it, end result is that poor boy's confused and his chains are broken over us. Father, I pray that there be one person in this place this morning doesn't know you. That in their hearts they would pray that you would receive them and give them love of them. That they would believe upon you with all of their heart and that they would know the truth that makes them free. As they receive, as they say yes, as they that you would take them from there.